Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. You can have a seat this morning. When you give the Lord room to work, He moves. He will move. When we get together corporately, we feel His move. But that is only a portion of a walk with God. He wants daily encounters. Daily encounters. And I urge you and I challenge you to have a daily encounter. A daily encounter with God. Because He'll hold you, He'll sustain you, He'll give you rest, He'll give you peace. He'll hold you through it. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Wow, what a thick presence. Just posture yourself to receive what God wants to continue to do. He already started, but He wants to continue to deposit in you this morning. Amen, amen, amen. Um, good morning, everyone. Lord, we just give this time to you, Father. I thank you for you who are in this room. I thank you for we came for you. Lord, I pray right now we would all position ourselves in the place to hear from you, to hear your word that is alive, your word that is prophetic, your word that is today for right now. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, I am so happy to be here with you all today and to be able to share uh, the word of God. And I just challenge you today. To position yourself to hear what God has for you. This is not for the person that wasn't here today. It's not for the person that you wanted to come to and then get to come. It is for you. So I want you to say, Lord, Holy Spirit, just speak to me today because this is for you today. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. We are full-blown in the Christmas season, right? Uh, full-blown in what that entails. Yesterday with the kids, we were watching The Grinch. Anybody have ever uh, seen that movie? Uh, it's about that ugly, you know, green little character. And in this movie, it uh, takes place in this town, Whovilles, with the, the Whoville people, the Who's. They are people that love Christmas because they love shopping and they love showing off and they love competing with the person next to them and saying the right thing so they look so good. They love maxing out their credit cards because that is success. They have achieved the epitome of Christmas. Just a movie. Does not happen at all in our society today. Then we have the, the main character, Grinch, which is super bitter and hates Christmas because it reminds him of past pain. It reminds him of past hurts. It reminds him of abandonment. It reminds him of being rejected. Again, just a movie. Christmas is about our position of our heart 
And today we're going to look at a portion of the Christmas story. And the Christmas story is not an alternative to Santa. It's not an alternative for something to do and to celebrate. It is super important. I just pray that you would hear what God would want you to hear today through this part of the Christmas story. Let's go to Luke chapter 2. We're going to start there. Luke 2 verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world would be registered. The census first took place while Quirinus was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went from Galilee out to the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. Here we have Mary and Joseph experiencing the supernatural of God. Mary and Joseph were in the middle of their wedding plans, in the middle of this engagement season, in the middle of this wonderful time planning. And then the angel showed up. And the angel supernaturally told Mary something and supernaturally went to Joseph. And supernaturally, Mary conceived the child of God. Her plans were totally interrupted by the supernatural presence of God. And now they had to shift gears. God had showed up. God himself sent the angel to speak this amazing thing and now they needed to in the middle of okay so I'm doing what God told me to do I've shifted my gears this is going to happen and now we need to travel to Bethlehem and we need to travel to be counted because somebody in government had this amazing idea so we all just need to do this traveling back then wasn't like today you know this right it's not called the Uber service. It's not get an airplane or get a nice little seat on the train. This was hardship that they had to go through. And this takes me, and we're going we're gonna to go back to Luke, but jump to Psalms 23 for a minute. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still water. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's not about celebrating the little baby that's part of that nativity scene, the cutest part of the nativity scene. It's not about that. It is amazing about the birth of Jesus, but it is about Jesus growing up and Jesus going to the cross. And because of what he did, we can walk in freedom. We can walk in healing. We can walk in relationship. It is that Jesus that we celebrate today. It is Jesus that is alive, the one that we sing to and we praise to. So even all of these hymns and all of these choir songs, the caroling songs that we make it, oh, it's so cute. It's just tradition then don't do it if it's just for that. We celebrate the risen Lord Jesus. It is about him. And when we make Jesus the savior of our life, and when we surrender our plans to Jesus, he becomes now our shepherd. He becomes our pastor. He leads us in these things that we read right here through peace, through righteousness, the right way. It is through that. But now we go to verse 4. 
Yea, though I, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Everybody say, fear go. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. These dark valleys happen. This starts by saying the Lord is my shepherd. This starts, this for the believer. This for the one that has already made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. But the valley happens. Mary and Joseph were doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Now they need to go and travel. And go do to be counted because it's just what needs to happen and they must do it. The valley takes place. But the Bible here is telling us, and God is telling us today, fear, go. It has no place because even though it may seem so dark, you cannot see the hand in front of you. You cannot hear anything. He's there. He's there. He's with you if you have made him Lord of your life. Those dark valleys can be super scary for the one that doesn't walk with God. But for the one that walks with God, the valley, okay, I didn't think this was going to happen, but I'm not alone. And we're going to go through this. We're going to go through and God's going to see us on the other side. Let's go back to Luke 2, verse 6. So it was, what, it was, it was while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Do you think she planned to have the baby in like a foreign land? Was that part of the original plan? And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Those of you that have little babies, it's super like recent. Those of you have ever had or think, is that what the mom, she was, I'm going to have a baby. And I want the first thing I do is to lay the baby down in the same place that the horses go to eat. Do you think that was her perfect plan? But these are valleys. These are valleys that take place. But you can't fear it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't look like what you thought it should have looked like at this point in your life. And you thought, well, the time is clicking and what's happening. And all the reports right here are saying this and that. It doesn't matter what the valley looks like and how very, very dark it may be. God is with you. And he walks with you. You are going to go through this. Back to the Luke. There, because there was no room for them in the inn. How would you have reacted? Men, your wife is pregnant. You go, I, I, give me just a little space. No, there's no space for you. Okay. Or, or, or would the enemy have tempted you to fall into some anger at that point? Or there have been that temptation of like, what are you talking about? You know, I get first dibs right here. Like, do you not see this? But I, I choose to trust God. It's a choice. It doesn't just happen. It is an active choice that we need to make when every valley comes before us. We choose to remember, I cannot do this. That is the truth. But I am not doing this on my own. I am doing this with God, with Jesus. And Jesus said he left us the Holy Spirit that walked with us every single moment. He is with us. He is with us. Thanksgiving. I walked through a very dark valley. Some of you know that Thanksgiving morning, woke up, Sammy's here screaming, she's four years old, in pain, throwing up, fever, it's time to go ER. My husband asked me, do you want me to go? I can do this, there is no fear, I am good, I am taking her, we're fine. 
I'm going to take her. I go. We get checked in. The nurse sees her. The doctor comes, sits in front of us. At that point, the doctor looks at me and says, I can do nothing for her. Okay. This is a hospital situation. She might need surgery. She might need this and that. At that point, fear was knocking on my door. Fear started coming in. It started with the first thought. It started with, what if this becomes, what is this, something super critical? And you know, once you let one thought in, what happens? The next and the next. What if she has to have surgery? What if the surgery gets, is there a complication? And what if it's just a sign for something else? And it started spiraling. They gave me papers to sign. I signed them all, and God will deliver me from that. Uh, I signed it all without reading because when we walk in fear, we do not make good choices. So I signed everything away. We get to the hospital. This is Thanksgiving morning. Okay. Doctors come. This is super, we don't understand. Confusion. They can't, they don't know. One doctor says this, then surgeon after surgeon. Uh, we think it might be, but we're not sure. The night hits. My husband goes to be with my other two to give him some type of Thanksgiving. Well, I'm there with Samantha. And then God leads me to start reading the book of Job. Anybody read the book of Job? That is the book that God puts me to read. I open, I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why am I choosing? Like, I need to be reading, like, words of encouragement. Like, I need to go to Psalm 91. Like, what am I doing reading Job right now? But then I get to Job 121. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I returned there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So I felt God asking me, can you just trust me? Can you just let go? And at that moment, I had to just let go. If she lives, she lives. If she doesn't, she doesn't. Of course, I don't want the second part. But I have no control either way. But the fear was driving me to be tormented, was driving me to be in anxiety, was not doing anything. But I had to completely let go and say, I choose to bless God. And as I kept on reading the book of Job, it didn't get nicer. It didn't get better. I mean, worst thing after worst thing, everything gets stripped away from this man. His friends come because they want to be there for him. You know what these friends end up doing? Each one took turns, like beating him down. It is your fault that you're in the middle of this. You sinned. You should have been right with God. No, it's because, you, it's because your kids, you let your kids do this. And that's why this has happened to you right now. And it was beat down after beat down after beat down. But then we get to the end of that book where God is glorified and God does exceedingly and abundantly more because fear has to go. Can we say that? Fear, go. Fear, go. Let's go back to our Christmas story. Jesus is born. The shepherds come to worship. Then the wise men come and bring gifts to Jesus, and that takes us to Matthew chapter 2. Go to Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. Matthew 2, 13. 
Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. This is the point where you have to think of the last victory that God did for you. Because not only did they have to travel now and, and endure everything through that time, but now there's somebody that's out to kill baby Jesus and to kill Jesus. And this happens in a, did you catch that? How did God speak to Joseph? In a dream. And when initially the angel speaks to Joseph what's going to happen, it took place in a dream. So God is speaking where and where are you going to be to pay attention to him speaking? Is it going to take being woken up at 3 in the morning? Is that the time that you're able to tune in? Because he's speaking all the time. It's when and where are we ready to listen to what he has to say. So fear, go. So again, one more thing. Now you need to go because your child's life is at risk. But then I go back to Psalm 23. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Evil is real, people. The devil is real. The devil is out to kill, to steal, and destroy. But we do not fear him because, again, we are not walking alone. We are walking with Jesus with us. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That is the end. The end is there's good news. That goodness and that mercy will. So I'm not going to fear. Verse 14. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. Immediately. When he woke up from that dream, he did not wait. For the right time, he did not wait for, let's first have breakfast and pack up because we've been here already a couple of years. You know, what do I want to take with me? Hmm, let me make decisions right now. I'll leave this for next week because, you know, God's going to show up anyway. So even though he said leave right now, you know, I, I think I can negotiate with God. Doesn't really work out. He immediately arose. He immediately took his family in the middle of the night. Again, remember, no Uber service back then. This is walking in the pitch dark, but if God said go, he was going to obey and he was going to go exactly how God said to do. So what God has called you to do, don't wait till Noche Buena to forgive that cousin that you had issues with two years ago and you know they're going to show up for dinner that day. Do it now. Don't wait for January 1st to say, I'm going to live a devoted life for God. Or now I'm really going to surrender to God. Do it now. Because if you leave it for tomorrow, you don't know what tomorrow has for us. It is now that we do. When God speaks, we obey now. In that instance, we are not alone. We have the Holy Spirit with us. We are not alone, alone going through that darkness. The Holy Spirit is with us. Verse 15 of Matthew 2. And was there until death of Herod. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, out of Egypt I called my son. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. Have you ever been in a situation where you have, there's somebody like giving like the right answer and saying, okay, we need to go this way. But then everybody around is like, but why? How? But what if this happens? Well, what if that happens? And, and time is passing. And nobody's doing anything. Because everybody's just questioning and questioning and questioning. 
We need to have that sense of urgency. When God says go, we go. And he will tell us the rest when he wants to, if he wants to. That song we're worshiping to, he is God alone. He is God alone. He is God. We just need to obey and walk into what he has. We need to give the Holy Spirit total control of our life. For the Holy Spirit to lead us exactly how he wants because he knows what's going to happen. Verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts. From two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. God knew why he had to leave now. But he didn't tell him that first part. He just said, go now. Immediately, that would have been Jesus in that equation. That would have been Jesus, but he listened. He was able to trust. He was able to trust God's timing. He was able to trust God's way, trust God's plan. When the children of Israel leave Egypt and they're confronted with the Red Sea, God does again something supernatural, and that Red Sea opens. Who do you think dared to walk through that first? Think. Would you have been like, oh, cool, okay, this separated. Let's just go through a sea and walk through this. Or would there have been like, this is going to collapse on me. What's going to happen? This has never been happened. I'm not going. But do you dare to go when God opens that Red Sea and nobody else around is telling you go? They're just giving you all the reasons why not to go. Do you dare to go and to walk through that miracle that God is doing that doesn't make sense, that's never happened before? We believe in a supernatural God that does supernatural things. Abraham was told to go. Leave his inheritance. Makes no sense. And just go. Not being told where. No logical sense. Some of you here are great planners. You would have been like, what is wrong with you? Why would you ever even consider that? But God said go. And he chose to obey. He chose to obey. Can you repeat with me? Fear, go. Fear, go. Verse 19. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph. Again, this is how Joseph is able to hear the voice of God, all right? In Egypt, saying, Arise, take your young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he waited three months. Is that what it says? Then he arose, took the child and his mother, and came to the land of Israel. He just did it. He just did. God had already showed up. Think of what God has already done for you. We need to take the leap and trust to be able to walk in that supernatural, what God has for us. Verse 22. But when he heard that Achilles was reigning over Judea instead of his father, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in the land of Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. All these valleys, these dark places, 
that seem like, why? Why is this happening? Why again? Anybody ever felt like that? But I just went through a battle, like, and now again? Doesn't matter. God has equipped you because he is walking with you. You were equipped to be able to stand. You were made to stand. You were made to run the race with endurance. Endurance. This for the long haul. This city needs you to do exactly what God is calling you to do. Marco, did you shoot the, the screen that has that, please? You were made to fight with that spiritual armor that God has equipped you with. You wrestle not against flesh and blood, but it's a spiritual fight. You were made for that. So when that fight comes on with that next thing, it's not, I can't believe it. It's like, I was made for this. This is my time. I'm going to be able to glorify God one more time because God is with me. And he's going to do it. He's going to do it again. But we can't take the stance of I'm just going to hide or I want to be in a spiritual spa. And I just want everybody to be okay because this is the reality. No matter how much I try, I am never going to fulfill and make Alexa. I'm going to use an example. Super happy. She's going to get upset at me at one point or another. There is no much effort that I can do. I'm eventually going to disappoint her. I'm eventually going to upset her. I'm eventually going to do it. So we need to let go of that baggage, and I need to make sure that everybody is on my same page before I move on. I need to make sure everybody's happy. I don't want anybody to get jealous with me right now. So let me just go really slow. Even though God's saying, run, I don't want to make everybody mad right now. I don't want to stand up too much because then they're going to think it's about me. It's about him. Only about him. I came today for him. If he's happy, I am good. Everything else, it's okay. He's going to work it out. We live for him because we were made to stand and stand firm. If we are doers of the word of, the word of God, no matter what comes, we will be standing. We don't need to get upset that the storm is coming. We don't need to start asking why the storm is coming. We don't need to say the storm, but you didn't ask permission to now come and invade my nice calm day. I just know I'm going to stand. And I'm going to run and I'm not going to give up. And I'm going to fight that spiritual fight. Because you were made for that. This is your time. This is your time. If we can all just stand up right there. The worship team can come up. I can't fight your battle. You were made to fight your battle. I was made to fight my battle. The spiritual armor and the spiritual weapons that God has given me might look different than what God has given you. Might look different than what God has given you. This is why it's the work of the Holy Spirit that will be able to enable us to be victorious. It is only through the Holy Spirit that we can overcome and walk through that valley with no fear. Saying, fear, go. Fear, go. You don't have a hold on me. So right now we're going to get into this worship, whatever the Lord puts in your heart. But it is your time to fight. 
It is your time to tell God, I no longer want to partner up with this fear. I no longer want to be held hostage to this fear. I no longer want to be able to just tiptoe around because of what ifs. It is time to let go and say, God, I will bless you. I will bless you, Lord. You give, you take away. I will bless you. Have it all, Lord. Have it all. Have it all.